0: over, Smith comes out to the neutral zone, Feels right, so fires, he
1: scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios, and live at LVSportsNetwork.com.
0: Smith to So 4-2 to two Golden Knights.
1: This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace
0: welcome in vegas golden knights insider show fox sports las vegas wallace and millard out at t-mobile arena ahead of today's game between the golden knights and the la kings chapman back inside the finley chevrolet fox sports las vegas studios finley chevrolet on the 215 home of the
2: I am so excited for this game. I, like, I woke up in a, just an upbeat mood. I, I promised myself I wasn't going to talk anything about the schedule and attrition. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was just purely about a four-game week against the Los Angeles Kings and the Minnesota Wild in which you could put one team away and you can distance yourself from another. Coming off the huge bounce-back game on Saturday afternoon, it is Excitement all around my universe right now. I even put on my TV makeup early today because I wanted to be right in the mode yep. to perform yep. on, on this radio show. It's There's so much goodness happening around the Vegas Golden Knights right now. The best season they've ever had is right now. And you're 36 days, 36 days uh, in a row in first place. No, never mind winning percentage, but just mm-hmm. it's it's awesome right now to be a Vegas Golden Knight fan. It it should be yeah. This this is
0: the first way first place team, top five team in the NHL, and they don't show any signs of slowing down. They don't show any signs of stopping in terms of their progression through this regular season. They have the teams that are in front of them. They have to play L.A. They have to play Anaheim, San Jose, Arizona. They've got to play those teams. They only get to play what's on their schedule. And so far this season, the Golden Knights have taken that schedule and really made it bend to their will. And that's the sign of a really good hockey club.
2: They've broken the will of the schedule. Yes. The schedule right now is saying, "Mm, we're done. Can we just move on to the the Stanley Cup playoffs? We don't want any more of this. Like, over a 700 winning percentage. Then you factor in the Henderson Silver Knights doing the exact same thing. Manny Viveros is going to join us uh, later on in the show as they come off a pair of victories against the Colorado Eagles. We'll give you an update on uh, what's happening with the Silver Knights. Great goaltending. Some some stars in the making when it comes to offensive talent. uh, Players that were both drafted and acquired. Uh, One guy that I want to get into is Dylan Secura Mm -hmm. and what he's doing uh, because he has a nhl shot is there anything that would stop him from going for he's a little slight that's about the only thing sure uh but but there's they're they're just lighting it up right now and getting the goaltending to back it up uh but when you look at what's going to happen this week the this is normally what we would call one of those trap games i don't see it that way uh they just played los angeles Los Angeles beat them in the back half of that two-game series. And I think Saturday was such a great reminder of the success that the Golden Knights can enjoy and bask in when they play the way that this coaching staff wants them to play. And I, I see this much less as a potential pitfall as I do that this one could be one of those great nights uh, around the fortress,
0: I don't look at it as a trap game, just simply because of how the last game between Vegas and L.A. Yeah. went. The the Golden Knights didn't have their game, and it, it still kind of felt inevitable when Tomáš Nosik scored. That <laughs> still they, thought they were going to win. That right? they were going to come back and win the game, and then you know you get that that quick answer from Jeff Carter, and then it just really doesn't go Vegas's way. And, and I think that that leaves a bad taste in your mouth. The Golden Knights came back, had a fantastic game against St. Louis. And I think they're looking to answer for that loss to L.A. tonight. And you you avenge the loss against Colorado, against Colorado, you have that opportunity. This is the first opportunity for the Golden Knights to go back and really stick it to the L.A. Kings for that loss in L.A.
2: And L.A. is a tough team. They, they can score some, some goals. Yep. They have a veteran presence. And I would say that they might be slightly ahead of schedule where I thought they would be. I don't anticipate the Kings being there at the end of the season. I don't anticipate L.A. pushing the likes of Arizona and St. Louis for that final playoff spot. But they're in the mix right now. And, know, I, and I wasn't sure that they would be at this stage of the season. You know, I didn't think that they'd be
0: pushing as hard as they are this year. And that can only mean good things for the L.A. Kings beyond this season. I'm with you. I, I don't think that there's enough there right now for the Kings to really make some noise, to really push hard for that final playoff spot. But the longer they're in it and the more meaningful games they play down this stretch, it's only going to set them up for future success.
2: The two losses against San Jose crushed them Yeah, when it came to making a run at a playoff spot and being right in it. So that hurt. You know, they they haven't played since Wednesday. hmm <laughs> It's a bizarre stretch of, of action without games in this compacted season. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what kind of jump that they have tonight. Uh, sometimes it can be problematic. Sometimes they come out and just storm the the old castle, which is right behind you as we broadcast from T-Mobile Arena in Section 104. One of these nights, one of these nights, yeah. and the, everybody's listening to the program, you, you know about the, the castle in the home end. Up on the flight deck. Mm-hmm. Yep. And DJ, he's, he's in one. And then the, uh, the we have the big stage. I want you to climb to the top of the castle.
0: Oh, I'm not doing that. Why? Just uh, just no. one. T- There's no nobody.
2: We we are here for two hours before the doors open. Every game night. Is there a pillow up there? Can and, I take a nap? Like once I'm done. Nobody's gonna see you. I'll even let you climb up like the back side of the castle because nobody ever attacks from the back side of the castle okay listen they never uh, they never figure that out in medieval times that uh, nobody ever attacked uh, they always thought nobody would attack I'll, I'll let you do it
0: okay first of all I, I think that you'd be able to see people making their way around to the back of the castle to try to storm the castle i just i don't think that that sounds strategy in trying to take over a castle in but, medieval times well how did uh, they ever uh, because Take you, down
2: the castle in medieval times. Because
0: they're look, look at like, the, look at how fortified that thing is. It's it's the Trojan horse. That's why. Yeah. You never do to, that.
2: You had to, well. You had to go in. They should have read that book before they opened the door and let it the the horse happened
0: in. Happened after the fact. The book. It's the sequel, really. Wow. Yeah. You should you should always read the book before you see the movie. Unfortunately, yeah. it didn't work out that way. Yeah. Anyway, good point. No, uh, I. If, I'm, if, if you're going to make me climb the castle, I'm not going to climb the castle. I'm going to climb Elvis Helmet.
3: Mm, I'm going cool.
0: to go up on the top of the Elvis Helmet, and then, uh, you know, whatever happens, I'm sure you'll be doing the show by yourself for a couple of weeks, probably fall
2: off. We did it Friday. It was good. We Break missed something. you. We missed you yeah. uh, on assignment uh, as you uh, were doing some uh, some diving into some other projects around the Vegas Golden Knights and Lotus Broadcasting and Fox Sports Las Vegas. And that was before the Golden Knights came back and answered for the loss on Thursday night. It was a performance that had a little bit of everything for Vegas. You had the early goal against. hmm you had a fight by Keegan Colisar. Yep. You had some great goaltending by Marc-Andre Fleury. And the fourth line chipping in offensively. And the Stars putting it away in the end in Max Pacioretty and the emergence of, of Alex Tuck. Mm-hmm. But beyond all of that, it was just the tone of the game, how they played five on five, that really stuck out to me as a statement game for the golden knights
0: yeah i thought that they did uh, the right things more often than not they got pucks in deep they went to work they made it difficult on the colorado avalanche to generate speed especially through the neutral zone and beyond anything for me just in terms of the weekend just in terms of the two games thursday saturday one point for nathan mckinnon Mm -hmm. like when you look at this series on the whole for the golden knights through six games, they've done a great job of limiting the amount of times Nathan McKinnon impacts the outcome of the game. He has
2: five points in six games. Yes. So normally you'd say he's around a point per game. We have to do a bit better job. He's been shut out in two of them. Sure. And then had uh, had one point. Like that's, that's pretty impressive. So they, they've kept him totally off the scoreboard in half the games. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. And he has two points yep. in a pair of games. And one point in another that's pretty cool like that's that's as
0: as good I think as you you would expect rightfully so knowing the type of player the caliber of player Nathan McKinnon is could they be better sure are there are there ways to continue to shut him down Yes, but just knowing how
2: dynamic he is one of those players was on the ice this
0: morning yeah. Alex will we'll get to that in a minute. Knowing how dynamic he is, knowing how much he impacts the game, when you sit back and you say, we've played Colorado six times and we've held Nathan McKinnon to zero points half the time, you'll take that.
2: I think it comes down, as goofy as this is going to sound, yeah. to your goalie making saves. He, he, yeah. he gets chances. Fair. He gets chances. Your goalie's going to have to come up with some saves in those one on one situations to buy your team some time because he does give himself some amazing looks throughout a game. So you come up with those those one-off saves, mm-hmm. and then you handle the pressure and the, the different type of uh, uh, barrages that, that will come from the team game from the Colorado Avalanche. And that's what you got from from Marc-Andre Fleury. I, I think of the Tahoe game and Nathan McKinnon coming down, and wiring that Pacom. Mm-hmm. Like, that happens a lot during a game with Nathan McKinnon and did the last couple of games. But Marc-Andre Fleury has come up with those stops in that situation to really allow a, a foundation going forward.
0: Were you surprised that Marc-Andre went
2: for both games? Okay, I'm going to admit something right oh, now. Oh,
0: okay. This should be fun.
2: I knew halfway through Thursday night or I was told by a source halfway through Thursday night <laughs> that it's
0: a good thing you're not Chapman because I just have to ask you three times who your source is. me. Yeah. no, I'm me.
2: not. I'm not going to tell you. So I, I haven't <laughs> told anybody my source. But I had this conversation with Shane and Dave. Okay. Yeah. Uh, on on Saturday morning because I wasn't sure where it was going to go. So I got I get a note mm-hmm. on, on Thursday night. Yep. And it, it, nobody connected to the team. Okay. And, and it's it's not the agent because the agent's not talking to me right now. That's in probably Alan. Fair. In Alan Walsh, probably yeah, fair. probably fair. It's it's <laughs> he's not happy with me, and 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 I'm fine with that right now. We'll we'll become friends again. I like Alan, but um, so I get a text halfway through Thursday night. Yeah, and it says, "I wonder how this impacts Mark Andre Fleury playing on Saturday." I'm like, well, they'll rotate. No, nope, he's playing Saturday. Wow. I, I didn't do anything with it. Sure. One, because I needed to double-check it, and mm-hmm. I didn't have the time. Yep. So I let it sit there, and on Saturday morning, we kind of bounced it around with the guys, and we all agreed that it was Leonard's start.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Outcomes. We, we find out a little bit ahead of time who the goaltender was going to be. Yep. And I thought it was really interesting. It wasn't, from what I can gather, it wasn't a reaction to – Thursday. Sure. It was exactly what Pete said. Two biggest games of the year. Yep. And Marc Andre Fleury was going to start. I was surprised that they went that way. Yep. Uh I think it says a lot about where Pete Deboer is when it comes to his commitment to winning hockey games. Sure. He was criticized for that in his goaltending decision because the fan base was emotional last summer in the bubble but if you're going to take that tact you should also turn around and give them incredible props for going doing the exact same thing just with a different guy different goaltender this past week
0: well it it speaks to something that you and i have talked about on this program in how can pete deboer kind of ask all of his players to sell out to to go out there to leave everything on the table. If you know you look at this situation and you say Mark Andre Fleury is going at at an elite clip right now. Mm -hmm. And we would we we have to give him this start because of what he's proven to do all season long and what he's proven he can do against this team specifically.
2: I had no trouble with Robin Lanner getting the start on Saturday. Neither did I. I I didn't have because he's I think he's looked really good in his two starts since coming back from the concussion. Yeah. And you're using the tandem to your advantage. I like the message and the reward that it it sends to Marc-Andre Fleury. I think that is hugely significant. But he didn't... Pete DeBoer didn't have to make that choice. No. To go with Marc-Andre Fleury. And I guess...
0: The, the bigger question for me is beyond these two games against Colorado, mm. are we looking at now a strict rotation? As, as Pete said, biggest two games of the year. Mark andre earned those starts. Do we see that rotation just kind of go infinitely throughout the rest of the season, or do we start seeing those pockets in which Pete DeBoer sprinkles in an extra start for either Marc-Andre Fleury or Robin Leonard, depending on how those guys are playing.
2: Your last point, I wouldn't be at all surprised. So Robin Leonard also has had uh, numbers that are above his career average against the Colorado Avalanche. Against L.A. He's really good. Sure. It wouldn't shock me Mm -hmm. if Robin Leonard played both games, Monday and Wednesday, against L.A., and then you went to Marc-Andre Fleury for thursday's game against minnesota wouldn't wouldn't surprise me all. No. it also wouldn't surprise me if in talking to goaltenders and dave tippett did this exclusively last year with the edmonton oilers went with a 2-2 rotation koskinen would play a pair mike smith would play a pair and it allowed the goaltenders they liked it more than just a strict uh, alternating game by game because they got to to follow up, whether they won or lost, they got to follow up a game and get that next start. It wouldn't shock me if we saw a little bit more of that. I haven't I haven't had a chance to talk to Pete about sure. that. Yep, but we know Mark likes to play a little bit more and get into a rhythm. You're playing four and six this week. Would you go Monday, Wednesday with one guy, and Thursday and Saturday with Mark Andre Fleury? Uh, I, I think it, uh, it it wouldn't be the craziest thing that I've ever heard of, but the the, the Saturday start, uh, it should have caught people off guard because it did me. I was I got the heads up and I still didn't firmly believe it.
0: <laughs> did you apologize to your source when you when you let him, when you let them know like Hey, I didn't I did. believe
2: you. I did no. I said I didn't. <laughs> the text I sent was. For the record, I never doubted you. I just wasn't confident enough in the information to go with it. Yeah. And <laughs> and they said back, fair, fair. Yeah, I,
0: it, it caught me completely off guard. And, and I, I wasn't really expecting it. But, again, as as we look ahead at this season and we look at these these pockets in which there are games that just seem to matter a little bit more, Given the fact that the Golden Knights, and, and as you mentioned, this wasn't in a reaction to the loss on Thursday. No. But given the fact that they did lose on Thursday, given the fact that that game on Saturday was for first place, given how much you want to win, if you think in that moment Marc Andre Fleury is the guy that gives you that best chance against that team specifically, then, you know what, I have no issue whatsoever with Pete DeBoer going out there and trying to win as many games as he can
2: knowing that they made the plan to go with Marc Andre Fleury, it's it's impressive that they came back with cuz it would have been easy to to tweak it well not Shame. easy i mean yeah you, that's a tough conversation to have but things didn't go well on Thursday yeah to come back though it's it's a buoyant moment for Fleury. And I think it goes a a long way towards seeping into the rest of the dressing room, too. That coach has his back. Uh, He's going to have our back. And there's, and I don't know whether that played a role in the execution of that game. Because they were so much better and so much more engaged in the game. So much more disciplined in the game. Yeah. I think it might be one of those moments that allows Pete DeBoer to have a louder voice with his group.
0: That's an interesting point and, and one that I think shouldn't really be lost mm-hmm. on, on the, the way that the rest of the season goes. And, and really just in, in speaking to this team and how tight they are and, and how much they want to play for everyone in that room. And I think that's a, that's a great point. Well done.
2: Robin Leonard was healthy yeah. Saturday. Yep, Didn't play. It was the first time since the acquisition of Robin Leonard during the regular season play where they've both been available that Pete DeBoer didn't go with a rotation, a strict game-by-game game rotation. Now, in saying that Marc-Andre Fleury has carried the team this year, and plays in the two most important games, are we ready to give him the number one spot or is that at this stage and will it be because if it if it if he doesn't get the number one job or isn't announced as the number or we don't consider him the number one guy, yep. it's never gonna be that way. After what he's done, if we still don't Do you think there's been a shift in there? I don't. I, I think there's still 1-1-A one, one or 1-1. One one.
0: I, I mean, you've got two guys that are 100% capable mm-hmm. of playing at a Vesna level, right? Like you've got two guys that you have full confidence in and two guys that you know can play at, at, at a level that not many other goaltenders can. So I don't, I don't know that with 24 games left in the season – and is that and, it? Yeah, twenty-four, and a lot of time between now and then, and a lot of hockey between now and then yeah. to kind of have this settle, like settle. I don't think you're in a rush to make any type of no, decision no
2: because because so much is going to happen. Exactly, with, with four games every week, five, one. Yep. It is it is crazy how much they're going to play. I, yeah, I, I, I agree with you.
0: Yeah, I, I, I just I don't I don't see the need to do that now. There's, there's no rush here.
2: You can still reward somebody and go with your hot hand. Sure. Without making a, a declaration, well, we will want to. I just try to. You will want to listening. But at this stage, it's still there. <laughs> the,
0: the maroons asked me that today.
2: Now, On if the, the playoff start, if the playoff started today, who's your goal, Hunter?
0: I think right now in this moment it's Mark Andre Fleury, right. but between but the playoffs don't start today; they start in uh, six weeks. I'm
2: very unprepared if the playoffs start tonight. Well, just you'd be just, all right. You, know.
0: you got a nice tie on.
2: Yeah, but like I haven't done any research on on the LA Kings. Well, how they, how they managed to vault over well, Arizona and St Louis to get into the playoffs? That
0: would be the weird thing because yeah. it would
2: be Vegas and St Louis. Yeah. And they're so. not playing St. Louis, so I don't know who has the advantage there.
0: I don't know; it's crazy. <laughs> who who would pick up that win? I'm not really sure. We know that the, the the Vegas Golden Knights are in the playoffs currently, right now. Uh, so the yeah, Maroons asked you. They what? did, and 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 the answer that I gave them is the same as I just I, I gave to you. I, I just I think there's too much hockey to be played, and too much just in terms of, of how constricted this schedule is to to get into a rush, into a hurry to impose that you need a one and a 1B, or, or a 1 and a 2. You don't need that right now. You need to get through these 24 games, building up as many data points as you can, and hopefully having both of those guys playing so well that it's a no-brainer, or you can't miss when you have to make that decision.
2: Tell you what, if they do play Colorado in the postseason, and it's Mark andre Fleury and goal, and you, cause the chances of Colorado doing that, what they did on Thursday, is it's not likely, but it's not like unheard of. Like they they did it here last year. Yeah, to Vegas a couple yep. of times. If if they beat you, there's a decent chance it's going to be by a few goals. Mm-hmm. Watching Mark Andre Fleury bounce back the way he did is an extreme confidence booster. And d- is, was that was that in the deep down in the uh, soil of the reason why? pete DeBoer made the decision i don't know because he it sounded like he was going to play both games anyway but i think it goes in the psyche of a of if you're if you lose game three of a series and you're going to play game four knowing you did that Mm -hmm. with 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 that goaltender in in place it's huge
0: and i mean the golden knights have two games left against colorado april 26th and april 28th i'm very curious to see who's going to be in goal for those two games for the Golden Knights. I know it's I
2: know it's light years away. It could be Dylan Thompson or uh, it, it, or Logan Thompson and Dylan Ferguson. It it's well, light years away. But my point my point
0: being, we've gotten to see six games of Marc Andre Fleury against the Colorado Avalanche with the Golden Knights. We haven't gotten that data point of Robin Leonard versus Colorado this season. Do we see that? Do we get a couple of games just to just to gather that data just I think to it see depends
2: on the race right sure
0: no i and and that's completely fair because one. this is a team that's trying to win the division
2: one point up on the colorado avalanche and the avalanche are in action tonight we'll give you a hint of the schedule as we continue it up next uh, dylan ferguson logan thompson great goaltending with uh, oscar dansk and the henderson silver knights but also their ability to light it up Offensively, We'll chat with a head coach who's enjoying a marvelous first year in the Vegas Valley. Manny Viveros is next. It's where all the movers and shakers hang out. The VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
1: We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM.
2: Pete DeBoer had an interesting comment after Saturday's win over the Colorado Avalanche answering to the doubters, thanking the people for being loyal. We're going to get into that comment uh, in just a little bit, top of the hour, in hour number two of the VGK Insider Show, and we will also give you our ratings uh, from the Saturday afternoon game. also want to say uh, hello to Papa Lou, Papa Lou, uh, watching or listening to us on Waikiki Beach right now. Uh, Thanks for being with us. as uh, Spring break is uh, in full force uh, (laughs) across the country, and boy, what a difference it is from a year ago. And uh, we're making some progress, and uh, we're inching our way back into normalcy. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace here at T-Mobile. The Fortress getting ready for a date against the Los Angeles Kings. The Henderson Silver Knights uh, off to Tucson later on this week. 15-3 and and leading the Pacific Division. Here is the head coach of the Silver Knights, uh, Manny Viveros. Uh, you, uh, you saw a real challenge in what the Vegas Golden Knights did in their first year, and then you just blew that away. Congratulations on your start, pal.
4: Thanks, Darren. Uh Yeah, no, actually, they obviously set the bar very high for everybody, uh, not just in hockey in any type of sport. And, uh, you know, we certainly wanted to get off to a really good start, but we had no imagine that we were going to get off to such a good start that we had this year.
2: What's been the identity of your hockey club? Because I think about goaltending, I think about your blue line and, uh, and offensively, but from, from the head coach's point of view, what
4: is it? Well, you know, Darren. Uh, you know, we're we're trying to emulate as much as possible uh, the Golden Knights. Uh, you know, obviously uh, Kelly and George and their and their scouting uh, staff of you know trying to you know they're trying to draft players or they are drafting players, assigning players to be part of that Golden Knight uh, identity of uh, you know skill, character, uh, and, and speed. And uh, you know, it's also what you're we're seeing also in in Henderson also with our players and. Uh, that's something I think is, uh, you know, we try to emulate as much as possible the style of play that they play, and then hopefully that eventually that if when our players do get called up or they are going to make that jump to Nash Hockey, they can uh, transition as seemingly as possible.
2: Got a new guy in the stable, uh, Peter D'Albertore, a sixth-round pick. Boy, the scouts did a great job, eh, finding these guys like Jack Dugan in the fifth round and in the in the sixth. What do you know about him?
4: Well, I, 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 what I hear is, uh, you know, a really good defenseman, just a good all-around defenseman, a type of defenseman that can, you know, he's got some up to his game, and, but he's a really solid defender and he's also mobile too. So, no, I'm really excited to uh, have an opportunity to see him live and practice with us and, and hopefully get him in the game as soon as possible.
0: You know, Manny, when you look at the stats, right, Like, uh, and Darren just mentioned a guy like Jack Dugan, who's a point-of-game player, as a rookie how rare is that at that level and and how impressed have you been with jack dugan so far this season
4: no jack's been you know from the offensive side of uh, point of view uh, jack's been outstanding he, again he's a he point a game uh, as a rookie in this league making the jump from from college hockey and uh he, that, that offensive part of his game he's always had and he's always gonna have that um, what we need to do with Jack and what Jack also needs to do, and he knows us, so, which is really important, is that he's going to have to improve his 200-foot game uh, to play regularly in the National Hockey League and also uh, his pace of play, and which is normal for any young guy coming in from college or from, from major junior hockey. Um, you know, the NHL is a one step faster and obviously, you know, a step better also, too. And that's something that uh, uh, we know his offensive game is, uh, is always going to be there. And we're never going to take that away from him. But that's what's got him here. But we're going to try to improve him in his other areas of the game is away from the puck and pace of play.
2: So how do you how do you get that message across to a, a player, uh, whether it's Jack or Pavel Dorfayev or whoever that's uh, that's tr- coming over to North America or playing uh, professional hockey for the first time? Is it through a lot of video, or through uh, conversation? Um, I'm, I'm curious.
4: You know, Darren, a good, great question. It's a combination of both. Um, I think the, the best way is is when they see um, when they're at training camp, uh, as far as. Uh, the beginning of the year or if they do get lucky enough to get called up through the years they see how fast that pace of play is and uh, you know how hard it is to, to to play on a nightly basis in the national hockey League and I think if they can experience that firsthand which i know for an example, for example all our players have that were at training camp they just know how how good those players are and, and the ones that have been there for a long time uh, it, it really is it really is hard and um, you know i think they experience that firsthand and plus also with you know, positive reinforcement uh, by you know showing them that they are improving in these areas and proper training, they can achieve that goal too. So, uh, but it is, it is it takes a little while. There's no question about it. It's not a it's not a sprint. It's going to take a little while to get there. And but if you put the work in, uh, and you're committed to put the work in, uh, you know the good players uh, able to accomplish that and get to the next level.
2: Are you having some fun?
4: Absolutely, absolutely. There's never there's never a bad day in this sport. Uh, you know, even though obviously this game is so based on wins and losses and stuff like that, though, but uh, we have a lot of fun. We, you know, we don't take ourselves too seriously.
0: Manny, tell me about Logan Thompson and whether or not you're surprised he's been this good for the Henderson Silver Knights.
4: Well, Ryan, I actually I, I'm yeah, I'm surprised. Uh, the last time I saw um, Logan was probably about three years ago. Uh, in G- Actually, what, three years ago in junior hockey? And, uh, you know, he's a Brandon, and I was Swift Kurt, and I saw just, you know, a, ro- a raw young uh, uh, kid at that time. And he was a good goalie at that time, though, but. Just- him in three years from now, how much he's developed and uh, matured, not only physically, but he has a, as a person himself like that. Too. He's, he's uh, a, a very pleasant surprise here. Um, and the more you see him, you're not surprised anymore. And that's what you, you come to expect almost every night now. And he's been, he's been outstanding for us and really happy the way he's progressing.
2: So when, when, when you say he was raw, can you can give me an idea of, of the difference between his game then and now?
4: Well, I think like anything, when you're 19 years old, uh, in junior hockey, uh, you know a lot of times, uh, uh, you know these goalies are still re- uh, refining their, you know, the mechanics of goaltending and and being in position, that, you know, being patient or or you know instead of being more athletic. And I can see that in this game right now, how how much he's, uh, you know, how, how calm he is in his, in in, his, in the net right now. But also, he still has that athleticism to make those saves. Where sometimes you say, like, how could he make that type of save? So it, I think that comes with maturity also was certainly with strength you know he's a he's a tall young man and you can see that he's starting to mature body-wise too and just how explosive he can be in the net
2: manny vivaros is with us the head coach of the first place henderson silver knights who head out in the road to tucson this week 15 and three out of the gate uh, you, you do have and uh, part of this is because of the pandemic and part of it is being in the american hockey League, a, a bunch of players on your roster and available to you and uh, another one signed today in uh peter uh, how, how do you how do you walk that line, development and uh, icing a, your roster that you want and getting everybody into into the lineup?
4: Well, you know, Darren, I think a lot of times uh, it, it just takes care of itself. Uh, you know, for instance, last week we had a lot of bodies uh, on our roster, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, do uh, three-game uh, series in four days. Uh, we know came upon injuries you know so some guys are going to be out for a little while and uh, so that's an opportunity for someone just to naturally step in though but I think it's also uh, really good that you have healthy competition uh, within the team and you know at times you know later on throughout the season guys are going to understand that you know we're going to try to put uh, you know forth the best uh, team on the ice uh, every single night here but so far we've uh, we've been fortunate or recently unfortunate as far as uh, just we're having enough players because of the injury.
0: But how, how much does that kind of allow you to, to try guys in different spots and really give them maybe more responsibility just to kind of see as they're progressing how they'll deal with those different situations?
4: Well, I think that's a you know, really good question. Uh, you know, it's an opportunity to put these guys in a situation to see that they've never been before, uh, possibly in the last minute of the game protecting a lead, or maybe some guys haven't had a, a, an opportunity to, to to get on the penalty kill as much as they normally will have in, in their career and stuff like that. So, you know, we're, we're going to see how they are and how they react, and then, you know, then... And, and after that, after we see them a, a few times that we get an opportunity to you know place them in the spots where they have the best chance to succeed too so again, it's all about development and sometimes it is about you know learning from your mistakes and some you know you' you're always sometimes you're going to make mistakes sometimes you're going you're going fail, but giving them an opportunity to go back and try it again and and learn from that, that's the most important part
2: chatting with manny Vibers I want to ask you about D- Dylan Secura, who just has one of those pro releases uh he's he's not the biggest guy in the world uh where do you is is he a tweener right now and has to get bigger or where where would he be in the uh in the grand scheme of things
4: well i I think you know you know uh, dylan he's i think he's got that that nhl shot um in that release um i think dylan for him you know to be a full-time nhl hockey player um he's gonna have to maybe try to find a little something else as far as part of his game um you know we're starting to use him a, uh, a lot more on the penalty kill just because of the speed and his hockey iq like i think he's uh, he's uh, you know we, we like to always say like your, your smartest players have to be your penalty killers and uh we're, we're really liking what we're seeing on the penalty kill so maybe that's something that we want to try to add to you know his uh you know his his resume that he could only he know that he can put the puck in the net if he has an opportunity, but he could also be a penalty killer. So, and uh, he's still, you know, refining his game and learning that uh, he knows that he can score in the American Hockey League, but if he's going to get up to be in the National Hockey League on a full-time basis, he's going to have to be a player that could be reliable in all situations.
2: Acquired for uh, Peary in the offseason. That's, that's a great answer. I uh, was curious about it, and uh, you gave a, a really thoughtful and uh, insightful uh, response there. Uh, before we let you go... Um, have you, are you used to the town crier yet, Harold, and, and, and what he's doing up there?
4: <laughs> he's, you know what, Darren, he's unbelievable. He's awesome. You know, he, when you're concentrating through the game and you're trying to tell the players, uh, you know, you'll get ready for the next shift. When the, the horse joke of the day comes out, yeah. um, the players <laughs> – Zoomed out and they just watch them. So that's how, how educating is. And as a matter of fact, I went and bought my T-shirt today from from the livery today. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, good. The, the horse joke is is one of my favorite things uh, to do uh, to do with the uh, the Silver Knights of Production as well. But uh, thanks for doing this. Congratulations and uh, and really appreciate uh, giving us uh, some time.
4: Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure.
2: There's Manny Viveros. I always love chatting with Manny. He gets, he, gets, he just. There's no cliches there. He's giving you what uh, what the facts are, and even the fact that the players do kind of zone out to the horse joke, horse joke of the day, which is part of every Silver Knights game.
0: I mean, how could you not?
2: Did you hear one the other day that he walked into the horse walked into a pharmacy? <laughs> something to do with the uh, what do you want? I mean, something for my voice? It's horse.
0: <laughs> wow, that's that's a great that's a great joke. <laughs> You you didn't tell
2: it correctly
0: no, but that's not even that's close. fine. It's not still even, close. even even with your poor comedic timing it was still it's, a very funny joke. It's, it's
2: outstanding. Uh, you
0: know with with Manny I I'll tell you the the wrinkle on Dylan Secura and and kind of adding a layer to yeah. the game is incredibly insightful because you know you if you're if you're just kind of looking at the numbers if you're just kind of looking at the goals per games played and, and you look at different situations you say, well, okay, that guy could probably contribute at the NHL level you could probably get something out of that player but when you, when you start to factor in different wrinkles that you can add to your game, different layers that you can add to your game, and maybe that being the difference between being in the AHL or being a full-time NHL player, like that's a different way of thinking about it, I think, for most fans, and it's good to hear that as you're looking at stats and watching these games from the Henderson-Silver Right. My
2: favorite part about the answer is it didn't include it's got to get bigger. Yeah. Because some guys just can't get bigger. Sure. Yeah. Their, their frames won't allow them. But we always want the the old standbys. Just put on some weight. Sure. Well, I would compare him to a Chandler Stevenson. Yeah. it. in the sense of finding that other part of your game. Stevenson had to do that to become a full-time National Hockey League between bouncing back and forth Hershey and, and the Washington Capitals and you've seen that development and it's earned him the versatility has earned him a spot and through that spot he's now playing on the top line of a national hockey league team that's contending for a Stanley Cup
0: I also really like the idea of of how much and how quickly I I know three years seems like a long time but how quickly you get that development from Logan Thompson, how quickly you go from a goalie that's a little bit raw to what he's doing right now in the NHL. Un- unheard AHL. of. Yeah. Like,
2: un- what Logan Thompson is doing right now is unheard of in professional hockey. He did not have a professional con- was not drafted in the National Hockey League, mm-hmm. yep. came to Vegas on the development camp, but then went to Canadian College, which you can do. You can play major junior and then go to Canadian College. Spent one year there and last year was in the ECHL and now is dominating the best goaltender in the American Hockey League right now. Yeah. And has got some time in the in the NHL. Made his National Hockey League debut two years after playing Canadian College. It is unheard of. Although I believe the last player to do it, to go from Canadian College and play in the National Hockey League, as a goaltender, mm-hmm. was George Manilak, who also played for the Brandon Wheat Kings. Then became a paramedic. Were just like, a, were you like neighbors or anything? Or, or, I, I know George a little bit.
5: <laughs> 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 I just yeah, yeah, all
2: pretty much, pretty much neighbors. Uh, I uh, I do find that the weird thing about George Manilak, he yeah. he got to the National Hockey League as a goaltender, not a long career,
6: mm-hmm.
2: but didn't start playing goal until he was fifteen. Really? Yeah. Huh. And then played major junior hockey, and went to college, and then got to the National Hockey League. But Logan Thompson, if uh, if you've uh, been around the Henderson Silver Knights, watched some of the games over at the Orleans, or watched them on television, followed them, Logan Thompson is writing a script that is fascinating and absolutely unheard of in in his meteoric rise through professional hockey.
0: There's a buzz around that kid.
2: Yep, I agree. Catches with the wrong hand, though. Have to work on that's, that. That's what you say. Good news of the day. Plus, at the top of the hour, what Pete DeBoer had to say following the Saturday victory over the Colorado Avalanche. I think there might be something there. Nice response. And should we open the phones at the top of the hour?
7: Yeah, I don't I think see we why should. not.
2: Uh, we'll do that. We'll take some of your calls uh, on the... Uh, in the wake of the Colorado Avalanche Series and what is going to be a four-game, six-night week going against the Los Angeles Kings and the Minnesota Wilds, the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
1: all about it. It's time for the good news of the day on the VGK Insider Show. The good
0: news of the day is brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union, prioritizing people over profit. The Golden Knights announced today their plans to honor first responders this season. First Responders Night will take place Wednesday, March 31st against the L.A. Kings. During warm-ups, the Golden Knights will be wearing custom First Responders Night jerseys that will be signed and available for purchase through an online auction. Fans can visit responder.givesmart.com or text the word responders to seven six two seven eight. The auction will begin at five forty five PM and include and conclude at the ten minute mark of the third period. Pretty cool stuff if you ask me, especially when it comes to this year, honoring first responders should be at the forefront, I think, of everybody's mind.
2: Yeah, I know that's something close to uh to your Heart and uh, and how you focus on things and it's been an incredible year from uh, from just going out and doing your job uh, whether you're uh, in the uh, in the policing side of it or uh, from paramedics or in the front lines of the healthcare industry yep. it's 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 been huge
0: yeah it's it's of first responders absolutely vital to everyday life and when when we've when we've gotten pockets of time where we've been told to stay home for the betterment of society, right? Like to, to just do our part there. We we always have understood, or at least I've understood, there are first responders that continue to do their job and don't have that luxury because of their their occupation. You talk about nurses and, and doctors and, and everyone that's really helped power through this pandemic. Um, just take a moment to recognize them.
2: Stick tap to the first responders. Stick tap to the... Gentleman who is halfway down from the rafters of T-Mobile Arena. Terrifying. Rappelling down. I have no idea what he's working on, but he's right at the eye level of the top of the scoreboard yeah. of the uh, of Nitron. And I'd love to be able to have a conversation with what he's, what well, he's just, doing with just those ropes.
0: Ye- yell over to him. See if he'll respond to no, you. No, because you know what would happen? Y- no. no. That no, would be bad. Just don't even. Come on. He...
2: I don't want to distract anybody when they're doing that.
0: Did anybody else watch the uh, the Mighty Ducks game changers on Friday?
2: No. Anybody? No. No? Is that what? why you took the day off?
0: No, no, not at all.
2: Seriously, you not took e- the day off to not watch even a Mighty Ducks reboot? No, 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 but
0: I do remember exactly what That's I did on lame. Friday. No, no, it was, it's not lame. I mean, I tweeted about it. Everyone knows I watched it on Friday. That's mm-hmm. totally fine. I, I did other things on Friday, too. Score. Uh. What?
2: What, don't what don't worry that? about it. Just, just keep going. Score.
0: Oh goodness gracious! I'm gonna need another day off.
2: I, I have no idea what's going on with the YouTube. Let's take, let's take a break. We'll come back and uh, we'll chat about what's going on with the uh, the Golden Knights as they approach this game against the Los Angeles Kings. And I, I love the psychological drop that. Pete DeBoer made after the game against the Avalanche on Saturdays. the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Vegas takes over. Smith comes out to the neutral zone. Deals right. Marshes out, Fires. He scores.
1: Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com.
0: Smith to Marcioso, 4-2 Golden Knights.
1: This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace.
2: Live from T-Mobile Arena, game 33, the Vegas Golden Knights campaign, hooking up with the Los Angeles Kings, and this is one for position in the sense of the Golden Knights' win tonight. They will remain in first place. If it does not go down that way, the Colorado Avalanche, uh, also in action tonight, can jump over the Golden Knights. A very important couple of games coming up against the L.A. Kings, and then it turns into a two-game series versus the Minnesota Wild in uh, the start of the the most hectic stretch that i've witnessed from a national hockey league team as the golden knights will play four four five four four three five uh games uh, per week uh, going forward i just started rattling numbers off but i do know that it's uh, four four and then uh, a five gamer uh for the vegas golden knights who are coming off the split in denver a lot happened in that two game series against the colorado avalanche a disheartening defeat the biggest loss of the season followed up by arguably the best game of the season how do you rate it and uh, where's your confidence uh, going forward and I ask you that because of what Pete DeBoer said coming off the victory over the avalanche on Saturday Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace here at T-Mobile Arena it was an interesting statement that pete DeBoer offered up uh, here is the coach following the 3-2 overtime win saturday afternoon
3: that was the goal the goal was to to play the way we're capable of playing to execute the way we're we're capable of executing you know and then the results usually take care of themselves but i'll be honest with you you know if we had lost tonight in overtime i, I would have been really happy uh with the response anyway I, I uh that's how you beat a good team on the road and um i thought uh you know for the believers out there thanks for sticking with us i know you know there were some doubters out there after the last game but but uh, i knew our group would would respond with a real good effort and uh we did that tonight uh you know what what we didn't we didn't for this game but these guys these guys read it and see it way more than i do i i don't uh, uh you know look at a lot of that stuff but but the players do and you hear them talking and um so, you know, there, there was a lot of motivation in that room tonight to, to, to throw a good game at them.
2: I want to hear from you, everybody listening, driving to the game tonight, part of the 3740. that are going to be in T-Mobile Arena getting set for the game, sitting around uh, taking in this one against the Los Angeles Kings. Were you shocked by the the defeat on Thursday? Where was your level of confidence going into the game on Saturday uh, in listening to what Pete DeBoer had to say? Ryan, I I see where he's coming from in the sense that I think a lot of people were taken aback by the difference between the two teams on the Thursday night game. I I mean,
0: yes, there are... You look at the Golden Knights, you look at their record, you look at what they've been able to do this season, and and even in the four games against Colorado, when you lose a game the way that Vegas did on Thursday, it's going to be a bit jarring. But I don't think that that game specifically was cause for overreaction because what we know of the Colorado Avalanche is that they are very good. I would consider them... Among, what, the top three teams in the NHL right now? If you're looking at Tampa and Vegas and Colorado, that's not a bad top three. Elite
2: offensive skills.
0: Elite offensive skills. You, you, you have questions about goaltending, though. Philip Grubauer has been fantastic this season. The question is, is he going to be able to hold up throughout the remainder of the season? And is he going to hold up in the playoffs? Those are fair questions. A very good team in terms of, of moving the puck defensively. And I just think that when you look at the game on Thursday, it was a lot of the Golden Knights playing into the strengths of what the Colorado Avalanche are. That team was able to feast on Vegas because I don't think Vegas stuck to the game plan. And I don't care what team you play, if you don't execute the game plan, there are going to be nights where you just don't look your best. And the Colorado Avalanche took care of business. They did what they needed to do and they embarrassed the Golden Knights. But at the same time, knowing what we know between these two teams, knowing what we've seen so far this season, it's a little ridiculous to me to think that the Golden Knights couldn't come back and respond. I, I don't understand that thinking.
2: But you know how people are very much living in the moment.
0: Sure, 100%. Like I, And I, and I understand that from a fan perspective. But again, it's hard to beat any team in this league, let alone really, really good teams. And that's how I view Colorado. Like, you're not going to win every game 7 nothing against the Colorado Avalanche. It's just unrealistic. So we're,
2: are you confident? Are you relieved? Are you satisfied? Where are you after the two games put together? So I...
0: I think there's a blueprint for the Golden Knights to be able to beat the Colorado Avalanche. I think part of that blueprint is, is strong puck management making the right decisions at the blue lines and forcing Colorado's defense and their electric forwards to play in their own zone. And that's easier said than done. It's not always the flashiest game to play but i believe that the golden knights are capable of playing that game enough in a seven game series to beat colorado
2: so you you gave me a lot of strategy there but you didn't tell me whether you're relieved with the response after the after the thursday game are you are you confident explore, after I, watching I, the, the saturday it, it's, afternoon it's game it's not
0: relief it's it's expected with this team i expected them to respond like what i saw from them on saturday didn't surprise me that's what i've come to expect from this club
2: one of those two games had to surprise you.
0: Yeah, it was the it was the five, five, one five loss. One? Yeah, like because I think that's an outlier, right? Like I think that that is the anomaly game. I, I don't think what the Golden Knights were able to do on saturday is is the anomaly i think that's more about what you're going to see the rest of the way between these two clubs that's more in line with what we've seen through the first four games of the series
2: i still think it's uh, amazing that it took that long to get one of those games from the golden knights Like you're talking 31 games into the season to get one of those oh that was uh that was not the, the greatest of the night that was a bit of a stinker and uh we'll, we'll we'll have to move on 31 games a long time to go without having one of those moments I mean,
0: I think it's it, it's telling that it happened against the other elite mm-hmm. team in the division. It didn't happen against L.A. It didn't happen against Anaheim. It happened against the best of the best, and that's Colorado.
2: And maybe they've had something close to that, but nobody was able to take advantage of it or being able to pounce on it, uh, quite like the Colorado Avalanche do. Um, if if you're in a seven-game series, you're looking at these two teams being tied up three wins apiece. Mm-hmm. That's pretty incredible.
0: I mean, it, it's, again, kind of what I expected. When, when you go into this season and you look at this division and you look at Vegas and Colorado, I think we all expected them to be 1-2 in some formation. And I think we all understand that should things progress the way we expect them to, these teams are going to have to go through each other. Mm-hmm. And it's a great test throughout the course of this season to see where you stack up. And it's a good thing. That you get another test late in the, late in the year, last week of April, final tune-up before you might have to see this team in the playoffs.
2: It's uh, one of the great advantages to the eight games against a single opponent through the course of this so weird, different COVID regular season. Let's go to the phone lines. So welcome to the program on the BGK Insider Show. Steven, you're on the air. Morning, gentlemen.
6: Um, I apologize if you covered this already. I haven't had a chance to listen this morning because I worked very late last night. Um, so I fully believe, like, I mean, I, I believe, but I'm also not convinced. Like, I fully expect these two to go to a Game 7 if they meet. Um, what I do believe is that the two teams, Vegas and Colorado, whoever wins that series is going to go on and compete for the Cups. Because apart from Tampa Bay, I don't really think any of the teams are going to stack up once you get to that Final Four. Um, Toronto looks shaky. Um, Washington hasn't looked as good as they probably do. The Islanders, we've seen what teams have done to them. You know, I just I don't think that... I just don't think it's going to work out for some of the other teams. Um what I think does help Vegas as well is the fact that St. Louis is starting to drop off a little bit, and I think that if Vegas can hold top spot, having that fourth spot be against someone like maybe in Arizona or the Kings is only going to help Vegas, not not necessarily give them an easier path, but make sure they're not going to get as beat up if they make Colorado in the second round, whereas St. Louis is a team that has the ability to beat you up, and I don't think that the Kings or Arizona are necessarily going to do that as much as St. Louis would. And if it's Minnesota versus Colorado, then um, you want that game, you want that to go seven, and you want those two teams to just beat up on each other to give Vegas the best chance
2: possible. Great insight. Uh, Love the analysis. So you've done a lot of thinking about it. Uh, Be safe down there in Australia, where it is tomorrow, uh, where Stephen's calling from right now. The, The idea that it's up for grabs in that fourth spot is intriguing. Uh, I still, I, I think St. Louis has got a big move coming. We're two weeks out from the trade deadline today. Two weeks today. Yeah, I think the Blues got something really big on the horizon. Really? Yeah.
0: Huh. I like it when you when you throw those little ominous bits out there for the rest of the world. I mean,
2: I, I well, Doug Armstrong's not sitting around.
0: Well, he shouldn't be because you know it, it, they've been really really bit by the injury bug this season right like we can all understand that st louis is probably not hitting their stride because they've dealt with quite a few injuries to very key players colton pareko uh, oscar sunquist hurts them now like that is that is not an injury that's going to be an easy fix for st louis and this is an opportunity to to be in the playoffs and this is a team that is not far removed from a stanley cup victory And a team that knows how to win so i i wouldn't be surprised if doug armstrong goes out and makes a move he's got to do something because right now st louis is struggling
2: were you of the opinion and we'll get back to the phone lines in just a little bit uh, that maybe thursday's performance and the loss against the colorado avalanche was illuminating in a sense to kelly mccrimmon and george mcfee and the, the hockey operations staff to go okay this might show where we need to make up uh, a little bit of lost ground with our roster.
0: So, you know, it's interesting because it points to the depth of the Golden Knights, right? Like in in that game, I, I think when you are able to kind of minimize what Nathan McKinnon is able to do, you get goals from Max Pacioretty. Uh, you need something more from your bottom six just to kind of chip in there. And then the next game, you get those goals. So I think it's kind of a wash in that respect yeah. because you you get beat, essentially beat, by the depth of the Colorado Avalanche on Thursday, and you respond by winning a game because you've gotten depth contributions from your own lineup. So it, it's tough to really assess that based on how both of those games played out.
2: Golden Bell's going through their rehearsal as we go back to the phone lines. Mike, you're on the VGK Insider Show.
7: When I think Australia, I think ice hockey. How about you?
2: Uh, every now and then, uh, you know, they, they had a great curling group uh, out of there. A guy moved from Ottawa to Australia, represented uh, Australia every year in the World Championships, and they did okay. So uh, oh. it, it can happen anywhere.
7: It really can. Just, you know, whatever you got to do. But uh, don't you think the Colorado Avalanche and a goaltender would be the number one trade that you would see between now and April 12th?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they need some depth there, Jojo. Uh, we had Adrian Dater on the program. I don't know whether you heard him on on Friday, and uh, he covers the uh, the Colorado Avalanche. He, he had the the <laughs> one of the most blunt statements I've ever heard. I've talked to a lot of people and I can't find anybody to say anything good about him. Uh, that's what he said <laughs> about uh, the, uh, Johansson. Uh, so that, I, I thought that was uh, telling as to whether or not uh, the avalanche might go out and add a little bit more on the goaltending front. Uh, I'm still of the belief that Dubnik is going to be in play. Uh, Jonathan Bernier is, uh, is injured right now. He was having a great season with Detroit. And I'm not sure about the, the Arizona Coyote miners just because they're back in it.
7: Now, I, I see 0-5-2 is hard to justify at any level, yeah. obviously. But I, I think that's going to be the difference in what happens to Colorado between now and the end of the season, how much depth they have at goaltending. I, I just really think that, and let's face it, so far... The Golden Knights are only five and five against Colorado and Minnesota, so we haven't proven anything yet.
2: The uh, 0-5 and one of uh, JoJo's record was with the Buffalo Sabers, who haven't uh, won in 17. So uh, let's uh, before (laughs) before we really (laughs) throw them out the uh, with the bathwater, let's uh, just be conscious of that. And uh, the Colorados finished the last couple of years with their third goaltender or lower uh, because of injuries.
0: And and I'll say this in terms of. Philip Grubauer. It, it's not that you're looking for a goalie that you're going to rely on in the playoffs. You know, if all goes according to plan, Philip Grubauer is the guy. You just need to minimize the amount of starts that he has in the back half of this season so that he can hit the the playoffs fresh.
2: And Last year they were into their plan A B C D, I believe. Let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, I didn't catch the name. Uh, blue. I think I think Lou's Lou is probably Lou the, okay the correct Lou uh, name there. Welcome to the program.
5: Hey guys, uh, how you doing today?
2: I'm doing great, and now that I know who you are, it's 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 much better, Lou. We can have a conversation, pal.
5: Absolutely, uh, I'm not doing bad either. Sitting here on Waikiki Beach, guys. Uh,
2: there it is. Oh, nice. <laughs> there it is. You'll have to
0: excuse Darren. He didn't put two and two together.
2: No, no, I didn't. I I I didn't do that at all. So what's the what's the surf like right now?
5: You know what? It's just starting to come in, and uh, the surfers are just starting to make their way out. It's uh, another beautiful day here. And, you know, amazingly, you guys sound even better while I'm sitting here as opposed to when I'm back home in Vegas. And I don't know how that worked out, but it's just kind of the way it is.
2: White sand, <laughs> cold beer, nice surf. It, it has that That's way it. of making me sound really, really cool.
5: <laughs> hey, you know, on that Thursday game, man, I, I was. Uh, my thought going into that game was that win or lose – just set a tone. Um, you know, my 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 statement was before the game: just punch, punch them in the mouth. You know, let them know that, that you're here, and and you lose a tight game, you win a tight game, whatever the case might be. Just let them know that you know you're tired of hearing about Colorado being one of the top three best teams in the league, which they are, but uh, they they just didn't do that, and it was so disappointing. And especially the way that they let Flurry get beat on during the course of the game. You know, at some point, you just need to step up and, you know, take matters into your own hands. The, the goals that were scored in that game were just so, for the most few of them, were just so fluky. It should have been a lot closer game than it was. But set a tone with these guys. You've set a tone with the other teams that you're fighting with for the top of the league. Set it with these guys. They don't need to did do you, that.
2: did you like what Kolasar did then yeah. after the one nothing goal on Saturday?
5: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it disappoints me that Reeves isn't doing that. I'm kind of getting to the point with, with Reeves that I'm thinking, you know, is, is his shelf life kind of, you know, coming to the expiration date?
2: Well, one thing I'll say about Ryan Reeves is it, it does take two to tango, and Renouf did go with Colasar, and and they, they dropped the gloves. With Reeves, I'm not sure how many people in, in that Colorado lineup are willing to, to throw down with somebody like him. And, well, you and don't it, give
5: him the option.
0: Well, and, and, and in fairness, it was a yeah. Kolasar hit that I think that, that the Colorado Avalanche took exception to. So they're looking to settle that score with Keegan Kolasar. Yeah. It's really on Keegan Kolasar.
2: From the Thursday game. Ben.
0: Yeah, exactly, yeah. to to answer that bell, and he did. And he, he's, he's answered the bell for himself. He's answered the bell for other teammates. And you like to see that from Keegan among all the other things that he brings to the table.
5: I absolutely agree. And, and the way that kid has been stepping up this year in that respect has been tremendous. I'm glad he finally was able to put the puck in the net. He definitely deserved it. I just, you know, I I wish the rest of the team would start feeding off that and just be more aggressive, um, more consistently. Papa Lou, be safe over there, okay? Thank you, sir.
2: You guys have a great day. Thanks for the call from Waikiki Beach. Lou giving us a shout. Stephanie, (laughs) you're on the VGK Insider Show.
7: Hey,
5: so I... If this got talked about, please be nice because I missed the beginning
8: because it's spring break and I don't know what day it is anymore. (laughs) But, um, you know, it feels like forever ago, but the last game against the Kings was only like eight days ago. So I'm really hoping, just like we saw with them after their loss to the Avalanche, that they can come back and we see a really strong game today against the Kings just to kind of show them, like, you know, we're not going to just let you push us around like they did in that
2: game you're right and i think that's why tonight is not one of those trap games that uh, the golden knights are certainly going to be ready because of what happened at staples center uh, just a few days ago and trying to also put some distance between themselves uh and and the colorado avalanche and the minnesota Wild, who are both in action tonight you you're at the point now where you're, you're doing a bit of scoreboard watching uh, oh, yeah. during during games and you're trying to keep track you're one up on the on the avalanche going into action tonight and the uh, minnesota wild are what four points back so it's there we got ourselves a bit of a horse race
7: oh yeah it's it, it's i feel like i mean there's games every day so every day i'm, I'm checking you know who's who's where
8: who got their wins today who got lost today like what's going on so it's and i've never felt like that in a season before and i don't know if just because it's so condensed that it just feels so much more important
7: but it's is a lot <laughs>
2: Well, spring break's going to go fast for you because oh, there's four games this week. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Stephanie. We'll probably chat with you on the post-game show tonight as we uh, broadcast on uh, the VGK radio network. It, it, it's a situation for the Golden Knights where it's down to one point. Uh, how much emphasis do you put on this race?
0: Well, I, you and I have, have talked about it, and, and I think home ice advantage is going to matter. I really do. I, I think that if you're the Golden Knights and you have the opportunity to play a game seven in this building, as more fans are, are hopefully going to continue to trickle in and be allowed in T-Mobile Arena, I think that becomes a huge advantage. Just we, We've seen what limited capacity can do for this club this season. As, as we continue to progress and we continue to kind of get back to, quote, normal life, I think that becomes huge for the Golden Knights, and it's really something that can propel them forward in a tight seven-game series against, say, the Colorado
2: Avalanche. Stephanie mentioned it's spring break. doesn't know what day it is. That's, that's like last year. I didn't even. Having, I mean, having the kids at home. and then they, they finally go back to school uh, <laughs> next week after spring break, and I've loved having them at home. It's going to cause a bit of a tug on my heart when yep. they go back to school. Yep. But I think I'm going to enjoy it a lot.
0: You know, it's it's interesting because I, as as Stephanie brought that up, I I looked down at my watch to check the date, and I'm like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Like I, I I'm telling you, we're so engrossed in this season. I I know I get on you at one at the end of one timers for not knowing what the date is. Mm. I I don't know. I mean, if it wasn't right here on my watch, I'd have no idea. I have no barometer for telling time or dates or anything.
2: Is that a calculator watch?
0: It's no, it's not a not a calculator watch.
2: And we watched The Breakfast Club as not, a family the Dwight other day. Not Dwight Schrute. What are you talking? We about watched here? The Breakfast Club the other day, and uh,
0: what kind of bear is best?
2: And they had the uh, one of the actors had a had a calculator watch on. Took me back to my chapter. Casio. Is, is that a caller or is that? No, no. Uh, they they were. That's okay. the that's who
8: made that watch. The Cas- Casio made that watch.
0: For for those that that don't know, born in- for, no, no, no. For those that don't understand the 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 reference, Darren just threw out. When we have callers, Chapman in our ears, tells us the name of the caller, so we look like you know smart. Yeah. And then what ends up happening is Chapman uh, Chapman jumps in with just one word, and. <laughs> We're confused. We got a to line open.
2: Cassio, you're on line three. First time first time caller, long time listener.
0: Yeah, hey guys. Um that Chapman guy is an interesting one. He didn't stop talking to me while I was on hold. What's that about?
8: I don't I don't generally talk to the listeners when, when they call in.
0: You just talk to the guests? Yes. And play but, drops at super inappropriate times.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, we have the, for asking though. The Golden Knights against the Los Angeles Kings and it is Game number 33 for the Vegas Golden Knights. So uh, one of seven teams now with double digits in wins both at home and on the road. So a balanced season coming together for the Golden Knights. Best season ever. And it continues when it comes to a points percentage. Sal, welcome to the VGK Insider Show. You're on the air.
7: Hey, guys. Um, I just wanted your opinion. As of right now, who do you think is going to get that fourth spot in the West? I feel like Arizona's making a surge, and the more I see St. Louis, they remind me of, like, Edmonton, where it's just all offense, really mediocre to below-average goaltending and no defense because they're not looking good. They're, they're they're tailing out fast.
2: I want to say St. Louis. Uh, I want to say St. Louis tomorrow, and I want to say, say St. Louis next week because I think they're, they're a deeper, better hockey club. Uh, they're a team, though, that needs – a spark of some kind, and I don't know whether it's uh, the acquisition of somebody up front or uh, plugging a blue liner in there. But it's it's a team that's lost its way, and I think you can say a lot of the reason why is is injuries. That they, they haven't played very well at home. That's the one part yep. that uh, that has really shocked me about the St. Louis Blues. I I in my heart of hearts believe it will be the Blues to get that to get that final spot but it's turned into a lot more of a dogfight than I ever anticipated
0: it's it's tough for me Sal to say St. Louis um, because of the minus 13 goal differential and it, it's really tough for me when I look at their home record 4-8-4 and four at home for the St. Louis Blues now that being said I think the trade deadline is going to be the biggest indicator of where St. Louis is going this season. As Darren alluded to earlier, he just kind of has the sense, and I think a lot of people do, that the Blues are going to make some type of move to try to get that spark, to try to to get this team moving in that direction. Uh, it's hard to bet against St. Louis just because when when you do, they end up winning a Stanley Cup. Um, I and and then you look at the other two teams, Arizona, L. A. are kind of the two closest. I don't buy LA. I think they're a a year out from that. And with Arizona, I just don't buy them either. So uh, I think it's St. Louis, but I think it's St. Louis by default.
2: I have a great conversation topic for you coming up on the other side of the break involving St. Louis and Arizona in one-timers. And I'm going to go down a path that is both intriguing, bizarre, and somewhat out there. It's the VGK Insider Show. One-timers are coming up next live from T-Mobile Arena ahead of the Vegas Golden Knights and the L.A. Kings on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
0: Blount to the near wing. Big shot. He scores.
1: It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day.
2: And it's a tie hockey game.
1: On the VGK Insider Show.
2: Live from T-Mobile Arena, L.A. Kings, Vegas Golden Knights on the VGK Radio Network tonight. Fox Sports Las Vegas, flagship station of the Golden Knights. Just looking around the rink, Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace uh, up in Section 104. There used to be glass at the tarp level where yep. the seats meet the tarp. Yep. That's gone now. It is.
0: Is Is there is there glass again behind the penalty box?
2: Don't no. Don't, I don't know. Don't I believe so. I, but uh, yeah, uh, I can't just see. Maybe it's a little bit more normal say, a little bit more as we move move forward. So, an observation. Uh, I like to uh, make these every now and then to show that I'm paying attention to the world that is going by. Uh, I'm promised the Arizona Coyotes, St. Louis Blues conversation. Trade deadline is two weeks today. yeah St. Louis Blues need something to go their way. They're, they've been riddled with injuries. Did get Vladimir Tarasenko, scored a beautiful goal the other day uh, back, but uh, St. Louis is going in the wrong direction in a real hurry right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Wood and Arizona is, is in the mix, but we know that they're a little bit strapped financially, conservative financially. St. Louis and Arizona need a player. Taylor Hall is out there. Who's more likely to acquire Taylor Hall if you had to choose between St. Louis and Doug Armstrong or Arizona and Bill Armstrong, who came from St. Louis. Keep in mind, Taylor Hall played half of last year with Arizona.
0: Um, I think I'm more inclined to think that uh, St. Louis would be the one to acquire Taylor Hall. Um, I I don't know what the appetite would be in in arizona and i honestly like if if i'm st louis i think i'm trying to find a way to pry connor garland from the arizona coyotes
2: he's not going anywhere
0: i i would make a play there i would try to figure it
2: out i think he's due for an extension here
0: i all i'm telling you is if, if i had my way that's the player i target at
2: the deadline but I'm talking about Arizona acquiring players, not selling yeah. players. Yeah, I, like They're right in it. Could uh, Could Arizona be a buyer at the National Hockey League trade deadline?
0: I think it's unwise if they are. They're a point out. I, I don't buy them. I don't buy them. I Listen, I understand they're a point out. Like, I, I get all that. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. And if they do, I don't think they're going to do anything. I think that this is an opportunity for the Coyotes to kind of Hit that reset button after all the craziness that's happened over the last eighteen months with that organization, and they could make the playoffs
2: in back-to-back years, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. If, and they've and, won three games with, in a row with a
0: team that isn't very good. Yeah, no, I get it. I hear you. I, I think you can you can set yourself up for better success in the future if you approach this trade deadline trying to gain assets. I, I just I I don't buy them as a team that's gonna do any da- any damage anytime soon. And to me, like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like getting to the playoffs and losing in the first round. Like, there, there's there's nothing to really gain from that.
2: Unless you haven't been in the playoffs or competed in a long time, and Arizona did make it last year in they expanded format, but it's been a while. Remember Oliver Ekman Larson? Yeah. Before this season was speculated uh, to be on the move and he gave the Arizona Coyotes two teams, Boston and Vancouver. Yes. Boston is clinging to a playoff spot in the East right now. Makes me happy. And Vancouver is out of a playoff spot yep. in the North Division. Yep. Did Oliver Ekman Larson make the right choice?
0: Uh yeah, I mean I I don't think that he ever really wanted to go anywhere. Like I, I don't get the sense that if you want it out or you were excited at the prospect of moving on from the Arizona Coyotes, that you would have such a limited number of teams that could facilitate that. So I I think Oliver ekman Larson never really wanted to move on from that situation in Arizona. And it just so happens that his team is right there in the mix.
2: Florida Panthers suffered a massive injury yeah uh, Aaron Eckblad was taken off the ice in a stretcher lower body injury it sounds like it's going to be a while looks like it's going to be a while having a Norris trophy caliber season mm-hmm. yeah the one-time rookie of the year what does that do to Florida's chances in the central
0: well it, it doesn't help them certainly I, I think that the natural inclination is to look at the Florida Panthers and say, okay, now they're in the market for a defenseman. So you start thinking about Matthias Ekholm, who's kind of that name that's been out there all all season long. But then you look at the fact that the Nashville Predators, as you pointed out to me, Up are there. right back in it.
2: Yeah, I was going to get to them. Right back in it. So, so David Savard, Columbus Blue Jackets. How about Sammy and New Jersey Devils? Or Tony D'Angelo? So... I think Tony D'Angelo
0: makes a lot of sense. I do I didn't think that I, I would get there. I didn't think that Tony D'Angelo would be a, a, a name that would kind of be in the mix this late in the season. But with with the injury to Eckblad and and Panthers did send out a note today that it's it's the rest of the season. So that's mm-hmm. crushing.
2: Oh I didn't see I that th- update. They confirmed that? Okay. Yeah.
0: So I would I would uh I wouldn't be surprised if if there's a defenseman on the way to Florida sometime soon.
2: Would it be worth it being backed into this corner with losing your top defenseman to acquire Tony D'Angelo or are do you think they're that desperate?
0: I mean I I think maybe you see where they're at after a couple of games, just kind of assess what that hole is going to look like. It's going to be massive. We know what the prices are for the other guys and and what the prices are. But I mean, if if you can get that and and it's not something that that is terribly expensive in terms of what you need to give up for it, I think it's worth taking a flyer. And I I even think from kind of a a PR hit, too, you can spin it because of the injury to Ekblad and because of the season that they're having right now. It's about
2: the only way that he gets back in this year. Yeah, I,
0: I think that it makes sense on a number of different fronts.
2: Are the Nashville Predators back in the race, or is it just a nice little run? Nashville is tied for the final playoff spot in the Central with Chicago after winning five in a row. And keep in mind, I I heard from people in and around the organization and people out of the organization who early on in the season were like, ah, so disappointing we're done. I I mean,
0: like, so... If I'm looking at this like logically, the Nashville Predators are a better team than the Chicago Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. Like I understand that. The Nashville Predators are a more talented team, I would argue, top to bottom, than, say, the Columbus Blue Jackets, though I do believe Columbus, if A starts to get going and if they start to get the goaltending they need, can probably go on a little bit of a run. Dallas has been just up against it from the beginning of the season, and we all know where Detroit is. So... I- I mean, can the Nashville Predators just be better than the Chicago Blackhawks and the Columbus Blue Jackets the rest of the season? Yeah, they could. They probably will because I wrote them off like two months ago.
2: Yeah, you were bad that way. No, no, no. You owe the people of Nashville an apology. Well, they've been
0: good ever since I said that they were bad, so actually they owe me whatever they do this season because I put the reverse jinx on them because people believe in that stuff.
2: Four divisions in the National Hockey League. You're welcome. And there's a playoff race for the final postseason berth in all four. There's separation between between the top three teams in each division and that yep. final playoff spot. That's a much better way of saying it. I'm glad I got a redo on that. So is the best race in the north where Montreal, Calgary, and Vancouver are battling it out? Is it in the <laughs> east? Where at Boston, Philadelphia, and the Rangers. Mm-hmm. How about the Central with the aforementioned Predators, Blackhawks, and Blue Jackets? And last year's finalists, Dallas. Yep. Or the Honda West Division with St. Louis, Arizona, and Los Angeles. This is this is like a turtle derby right now.
0: Okay. Um there is no race in in my opinion. There is no race. That's a boring
2: answer to my question. No no
0: no. Hold on. There's no race in the Scotia North. The Calgary Flames have played 36 games. The Vancouver Canucks have played 37 games. And the Montreal Canadiens have played 31 games. Mm -hmm. And Montreal is up two points on Calgary and two points on Vancouver. Like, I just think... Games in
2: hand are only good if you win them.
0: Yeah, I I hear you. I have to believe that Montreal is going to be able to win enough to kind of figure out a way to get into the playoffs. I I just don't see it for Calgary and Vancouver. Though... Thatcher Demko has proven me wrong before. Maybe he ends up doing it right now. No race there. What about the East? Uh, The East. Um, It's only exciting to me if Boston ends up missing the playoffs. So if the New York Rangers could play the Philadelphia Flyers every game for the remainder of the year, then the Rangers will be in.
2: Philly's coach came out today, Alain Vigneault, and said, uh, we need Carter Hart to work harder. Work harder in practice. I don't think it's... uh, I hate to go against the lane Vino, yeah, but I'm not sure this is one that you can work out of. I, I, this is a technical, <laughs> strategic game.
0: I, I, don't think you not need, fitness. yeah, I, I don't think you, you need to, to attack the work ethic. I think you need to, to try to figure out a way to get him feeling confident about where his game's at. So, what's the best race between the four divisions? So I, I'm intrigued now by Nashville, Chicago, Columbus. Um, I. I I guess you can throw Dallas in there that's got the most teams that are, are kind of involved um I, and and again I as much as I would love to see the Boston Bruins miss the playoffs I don't think they're going to just based on the competition that's trying to catch them so I would say the best race is probably probably the central because I think it's the only one that's actually a race I'm gonna the worst go east
8: race? I like the east
0: the worst race I think the worst race is is probably the east because I don't think that it's going to work my way. I think it's the west.
8: The worst yeah. or the best?
0: I said worst. Okay. That's fair cuz you don't buy Arizona, you don't buy nope. LA even though you want LA, uh, you want Arizona to be buyers at the deadline. Yeah.
2: Well, I just think when you're that close, you can't be selling. At the very least, you're in the middle. But you can't be selling. I'd sell. What 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 message is that to everybody? You're one of the you were one of the first teams with fans in the building and you're right on the cusp of, of being in it and you're gonna sell. Yeah. So what you, you thought the best race was the East, Chapman?
8: I do because I feel like like Ryan said, if the Rangers could play the Flyers every night, it seems like they, they would get in the mix. But they've been they've been really exciting, even though they're only five, four and one in their last ten, but they seem to be able to score a lot of goals, which is kind of fun. Uh Philadelphia is a team I think we all thought was going to be a lot better than what they are. I mean, they were the number one seed in the East last year, and Boston only two years removed from going to the Stanley Cup final. I mean, the thing is, I think Philadelphia and Boston, if they get hot, they're both capable of, of getting to the final and playing for a Stanley Cup. I mean, that's, that's the thing to me that's exciting, because one of those teams is likely going to miss the playoffs, and... The fourth team that finishes in that division could end up winning the Stanley Cup.
2: I don't think you're wrong in that assessment.
8: I mean, I don't really feel that from the Central. I don't think Nashville is capable of going on a run. I don't feel like Chicago's capable of going on a run to the final. The North, I mean, like Ryan says, it's kind of Montreal's, Montreal's to lose just because of the games in hand. And the West, I'm, I'm with you, Darren. I'm not a big believer in L.A. or Arizona. I feel like St. Louis at some point will separate themselves from those two teams. And Minnesota seems like they're they're not going anywhere. So I feel like it's kind of settled in some of these divisions. But the East is so intriguing just because of how good one of those teams that's going to miss the playoffs is.
2: Finally, Patrick Marlowe will play his 1,757th game. And pass Mark Messier for sole possession of second in NHL history when the Sharks host Minnesota tonight.
0: Congratulations.
2: That's amazing. It's wild. I always think back. I can't believe how close Mess was to passing Gordie Howe, and he couldn't get there. Incredible. Uh, Patrick Marleau, does he break Gordie Howe's record as a Shark or with somebody else? Somebody else.
1: Hmm.
2: Weird one. Those are your one-timers for this Monday, March meeting room. When we continue catching up with Chapman on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
1: We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Is that the Brass Bonanza from the Hartford Whalers? It is. Uh, how
2: about this, ladies and gentlemen? Maybe uh, closing in on a little history tonight. After two periods, the Buffalo Sabres lead the Philadelphia Flyers 3-0. Of course Trying do. to end a 17-game losing streak. Uh,
0: winless streak because there were a couple of overtime losses in there.
2: That's a losing streak.
0: It's a winless streak. In the eyes of the NHL, it's a winless streak. It's a losing streak. It's a winless streak. Uh, catching up with Chapman.
8: Yeah, in the eyes of reality, it's a losing streak.
0: It's a winless streak. So, I,
8: you know, every once in a while. Score! Yes, score. Every once in a while I I, I see something in score. the city that okay. that just kind of like catches my eye. Okay. So yesterday I was I was driving. I had I had to go to my mother's place to help her do some electronic stuff that she technology stuff that she can't okay. figure out on you're, her own. So,
2: you don't get don't, so, don't so, get distracted.
8: I'm driving up Durango and I get stopped at the light that's at Durango and Twain and it's at the corner. It's Desert Breeze Park is on the other side. I saw some guys playing Cricket. They were playing the game of cricket yeah. up on the hill on Desert Breeze Park, and I, I, it took me back because I used to travel to the UK a lot, and it's a huge sport in the UK, and it's it's huge in like the West Indies, and and it's yeah. huge in India, or Sri Blake. Lanka, places like that. Yeah. In fact, I believe the most televised or the most watched sporting event in the history of the world was a cricket match between india and pakistan
2: so it's it's big around the world it is just not here it's global then
8: it's it's but it's i tried to watch it when i when i would travel to the uk because you know you get jet lag you can't sleep you turn on sometimes i'll have it from like australia or whatever it's the most boring sport in the world to watch but it looks like it'd be really fun to play so i have to find this group of guys who were playing cricket and I have to see if there's like a group because I would Why love do you just
2: to... go back there to the same spot next week.
8: Well, maybe they move around town, though. That's a thing. Like I'm I used thinking, to. I'm, I'm, I'm what if, what they if they don't? don't? Well, what if I, they don't? I, I, I may drive by next Sunday and see Sunday afternoon. But, you know, when I used to play ultimate Frisbee, we would go to different parks around the city. So it was kind of fair for people who maybe lived over in Henderson. They weren't constantly traveling to, to Summerlin or traveling. Yeah,
2: I think there's not a lot of uh, cricket pitches around. Well, but, it's not
8: yeah. really a pitch. It's just a, an open field.
2: Did, okay. Do you call it
0: ultimate or ultimate frisbee? Like, it, I oh, know
8: I'm, I'm I'm not cool enough to just call it ultimate. I play ultimate frisbee. Yeah.
0: Why? Why aren't you cool enough to call it ultimate?
8: Because that seems like it's a it's a thing that's really popular with the college kids that would play. I'm I'm kind of an older guy, so it was ultimate frisbee to me. But the young guys, yeah, man, we're gonna go play ultimate.
2: So, so the... what's what's the uh, sort of overwhelming thought that you want to leave us with with well, the
8: cricket story i i, I kind of would like to learn how to play because it seems like it would be a fun sport to play i mean i was a pretty decent baseball player but i don't know if that means i would be good at cricket like i could hit pretty well when i played baseball and i know i know jeff our engineer is a really good baseball player as well so i don't know if that translates to being a good cricket player but i'd kind of like to learn to play so i want to track these guys down you? maybe maybe some of them listen tweet at me tell me tell me how you play, how you find equipment in the city, do I have to order it online? Because I, I I, legitimately...
2: Well, there's no equipment, there's just a bat.
8: No, no, no. The, oh, these guys were wearing, like, the, the, the helmet with the face guard?
2: Well, we, yeah, when you bat. So yeah. there's a helmet and a bat.
8: Okay, but I don't think they call it a bat. Is that what they call it?
2: I believe so. Yeah. Hey, uh, well, I, I think that you should be the... to Just to make sure to teach you the ropes... We should put the little—is uh, it the wickets or what? What, what, uh, yeah, what they, stands the yeah, the wickets, on the, right? What stands on the uh, on the sticks? Those
8: they, are the wickets. Okay, yeah,
2: yeah. I think we should just put the wickets on your head, and, uh. and the bowlers.
8: I, I, I don't think just we just do so that.
2: you just so you really get an idea for how fast that ball comes no, in. No,
8: no, I, 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 I know it comes in quite fast.
2: Are we still talking about cricket? Cricket. Yeah. But I'm trying to I'm trying to get him hit in the head.
8: No, I, I you know what? It's So I, there's I a would... there's
2: a method to my madness right now. What, what are you are trying to, to kill
8: cricket?
2: me? Well uh, I wouldn't call it trying to kill you. Maybe the odd score. Maybe a maiming.
0: You, just, you, you need to not be afraid of the ball. Yeah, um, you
8: got to stand in there, whatever yeah, well, they call it. I, I would stand in there, but, I, I mean, I don't know if I would be very good at it.
0: Uh, let's well, give it a shot. Is it, isn't that why you learn?
8: Well, yeah, that's why I'd like to learn how to play.
2: Oh, let's give it a good college try. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights against the Los Angeles Kings tonight at T-Mobile Arena. Pre-game show's coming up. With Ryan Wallace on the VGK Radio Network. Looking forward to it. We'll be back tomorrow to give you our ratings. By the way, uh, the rating for Saturday was a Bob Ross across the board, just in case everybody was wondering.